And welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Connor and Dave. Dave Stevens, Connor Ennis. I am Tony Pervenanzi. It is Sunday, guys, the day after a Loons game at Allianz Field. Uh, we're actually taping this right before the Vikings game so that we're not uh, waiting for the Vikings to end like we did last week. Um, and we're not disappointed. Yeah, at least um, that, yeah. that way we won't we won't be sad and upset during well, the podcast. Now, speaking of disappointing, Dave, you must be very disappointed after going to a oh. game early in the day yesterday. I want to, do you want to talk we're about that? We weren't going to go there, but oh, yeah. boy. I went to the former home of the Minnesota United and uh, of Minnesota United, I should say. I went to TCF Bank Stadium yesterday mm. morning uh, to not, watch the, what's, the it's other. Not, it's not called that anymore, Dave. Oh, good call. Yes. I mean, not that it's relevant to Minnesota United anymore, but yes, I went to the Huntington Bank Stadium. Mm-hmm. I always would just call it bank anyways, but yeah. I had to go down there to watch uh, the Gophers play uh, Bowling Green University and uh, did not go well. And I was really excited. I had been looking to, looking forward to that game as a Gopher football fan for about two years now, almost two years, because obviously 2020 didn't happen as far as fans in the stands. And I have been out of town, obviously, in China for the last the first two Gopher home games. So this was my first. So I was very excited. 31 point favorites against mm-hmm. Bowling Green. And it was a terrible game. Damn. So they, at they least that you know that was not uh, that was not the way I wanted to start out my Saturday. I knew during that game at least I had the Loons game to look forward to. I wasn't going to go to both, but I knew I was going to be watching it on TV. So at least I had that to look forward to. But after you know the way of Minnesota sports, it had you know I'm nervous now all of a sudden going into the uh, going oh. into the Houston match, which I shouldn't be, but I was. Let's, let's just say this: it, you know it was homecoming for the Gophers, big game. Yeah, Bowling Green, huge, huge favorites to win this game. I think they were the biggest favorites to lose a game since like this, since like 2010. So oh, wow. it's, it's been a while. Um, and uh, it, it kind of started the weekend off on a sour note because I'm going, we got golfers homecoming. Then we got loons at home. Then we got Vikings at home later today. And mm-hmm. the golfers starting off like that. I was like, oh shit. So watching last night's loons game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I was a little bit concerned. And now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay. And hopefully the Vikings can pull one off against Seattle, but man. are they here? Yeah, they're here today. Okay. Yeah. And the Very reason cool. why it's a three 30 kickoff is I think it's a, is it nationally televised Dave? That's like the Fox game. It's of the one, week. it's, it's, I, you know, it's, I think it's a secondary, it's, it fits mm-hmm. into that late window where you have, mm-hmm. you know, your, your featured <laughs> games, there's usually three or four mm-hmm. games, obviously most people right. know if you're a football fan, but uh, I think the actual, the Fox NFL game of the week is the old Tom Brady out in LA match. Oh, that one. Yeah. Uh, they match, but it's the LA Rams versus uh, Tampa Bay Bucks out in LA. I think Which that's I- your headliner, but uh, for, so there'll be some people around that watching the, the viper yeah um, right yeah okay one more fun fact about the gophers the uh, last time they lost to bowling green mm-hmm. was actually back in 2007 Jesus. and it was tim brewster's first oh. game as a oh wow. brew. so anyways a brew go for nation yeah, that that bring that brings it back a little bit but yeah anyways all right we can move on from the disappointing gophers to talk oh you know you guys talk about yeah. something better like at least you guys were in the game like my badgers got thumped by notre dame so mm. that like 
that didn't go so hot. that didn't go so hot. That's Notre Dame though, Connor. I mean, come on, we were, t- we're yeah. talking about Bowling Green here. I mean, yeah, but because Wisconsin and Notre Dame are both ranked teams, we should if we got beat, we shouldn't have been beaten like forty-one to thirteen or whatever it was. Yeah, so it was, well, that it was that was very disappointing. Sad day all around, uh, yeah. boys. Moving on, I was actually on the soccer pitch early yesterday morning uh, for my youngest daughter's soccer game, and I was texting the boys. It was it was cold out there. There was like a oh nasty, yeah, it was nasty cold uh, for the soccer game. And uh, I will say this: watching a bunch of eight nine year olds run around and play soccer, and it's four on four, no goalies, and smaller goals, so it's all just a big cluster. And uh, there are some very talented kids on my daughter's team uh, who have some moves, and uh, they do the stop the ball move, and they try to like do some deeks and stuff, which is interesting. Oh, that's cool. I think about. 90% of the time, the deeks don't work though because they misplay it. But the 10% of the time it does, it actually looks pretty awesome. Um, and my daughter has basically decided she's going to be a defensive person. She doesn't want to play up towards the goal uh, because every time she tries to kick the ball into the goal, somebody blocks it. So she decided to be the Chase Gasper of the team and just ah. go back and uh, pass the people. Um, so that was fun. Um, other than that, guys, uh, did we did go to uh, went to back to our old stomping grounds, the Boondocks, Friday night. hadn't been there for a while, and uh, it's amazing. I don't know. Do you guys have like a local place you go to all the time? I know Dave used to go to Cowboy Jacks a lot or Cowboys in Plymouth. Yeah. And uh, Connor, do you have a place? Yeah, only only because it was close. But I yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. really. Other than yeah, I don't really have a place. I would say just. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a local. I think I think it was there. I was considered a local for I don't know a few months there, but I haven't. I I can't remember last time I was there. Connor, you got a place to go to all the time? Um, I I don't go there that much anymore since COVID hit. But uh, I used to go to uh, Southtown Lanes a lot. There's there's a bar in there, and I knew quite a few people. I actually used to work there. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was a a good place. But now that we live up in Robbinsdale, we're uh pretty far away from there, so it's hard to get back there. Side note, uh, they're remodeling that whole spot down there, Connor, South Town Lanes. I know. Um, yeah, they. I I heard that uh, the lanes were closing, so that's. Uh, but they're putting them back. They're putting them back in. Yeah, like, I, I, I I'm excited to see how it. I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited to see how it works. Well, that's I, I didn't realize that Krauss Anderson actually owns that whole development down there. They built it back in the day. Oh, I didn't still, know that. They are still the owners of that whole area, so they're redoing that whole area. But uh, okay. But anyways, guys, the reason I brought up boondocks is because uh, I know we've seen a lot of, you know, uh, help wanted signs on a lot of places, you know, fast food, um, restaurants are looking for servers all the time. And we're in boondocks Friday night, and I didn't recognize half of the servers that were in there. Oh, wow. Um, and, And usually we used to go there all the time and you knew your servers, like there was never any new servers in there, but they've gone through servers like clockwork here in the last couple of months and talked to the owner last night or on Friday night. And she was saying, yeah, it's, it's tough. A lot of the people who used to work here decided not to work anymore or found like work from home type of jobs. And they have to bring in new people like constantly because they don't stay very long. So yeah, um, it's still tough out there, even though COVID is sort of winding down a little bit. Oh, I will say that interesting that you brought that up. That that was I didn't real obviously I was gone for the last two months and that was something that hit me literally the, my first night back when I got home last week because uh, you know I actually went I it was like late I went to 
I was thinking I was craving some pizza after being in China for two months. And I went to like Papa Murphy's at seven 30 to pick something up. Oh, close. We closed at seven, you know, due to yeah, not enough employees. And I went across the street to Quiznos and their line was like practically through the door and there's one person (laughs) working. And yeah, yeah, even (laughs) just yesterday, I wanted to just grab a snack. And after, after the game went to, uh, where'd I go grab a sub over at, um, Oh, I can't even think of the sub place now, but uh, anyways, I, they were closed at, at three o'clock in the afternoon on a well, Saturday. No. It's just, wow. That really took me by surprise. I didn't realize how hard, you know, it's hitting those types of places. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough out there for um, all these places. And uh, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to still be a problem uh, even moving forward into, into this, especially in the winter time. And then moving next spring, we're going to have some issues, but uh, yeah. So guys, before we talk about, well, we're going to talk about our beers right now. Actually, I've gotten off the subject here. We do our we are drinking beers on this Sunday afternoon, right, guys? I mean, that's correct. Yeah, we do drink, still drink beers in this show. Yes. Uh, shout out to listener Max yep. who will be listening to this uh, podcast. He gave us a little uh, thing on Facebook saying, "Hey, come out to uh, what was the place, guys? Was it Royal Foundry? Royal uh, Foundry. That's story. right." In Minneapolis, yeah. he wanted us to come out because he's a manager there, and his wife uh, is the uh, is a like a server out there. Wanted us to come out and do the podcast today, and I said, "Well, thank you, Max. We appreciate that you listen and uh, appreciate the offer." We still don't have our shit together for doing this live yet. We're still looking for equipment, uh, so we'll find some. Of course, we next. lost. Yeah, yeah, we lost. Yeah, we lost. Of course, Sterling we lost head. our producer. Yeah, Sterling yeah. had the had the Mac, which Sterling Mac stole is, it. Is yeah. yeah, he stole everything. Yeah, uh, he had the Mac, which you could do all this stuff on. I only have a PC laptop, and it's a lot tougher to do this shit on a PC laptop without spending some money. So we got to look for that. But yeah, uh, Max, we will get out there at some yeah. point in the near future. For uh, those who don't know, the Royal Foundry is right next door to La Doña Cerveceria too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's literally right next door. So yep. you got you got beer and you got spirits over there. Good I area. Do, I do recall uh, the first time we went out there to uh, Ladona, um, seeing it next door. And I don't know if they were yeah. open yet, um, but uh, wanted to get out there. So we will, we will, and uh, yeah. what we'll plan accordingly because uh, it's not just it's not beer we'll be drinking, boys. It'll be uh, hard liquor. So that's you know maybe yeah. maybe one drink during the podcast, and that's about we, it. I've been doing that a lot the same. We may not be able to have the same volume. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, of alcohol as we're, as no, we're used to. No, can't well, we're going to be sipping a lot instead of. But hey, uh, yeah, taking some big gulps. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Tony, because it's something I don't. I'm. I hope I can speak for all of us, and uh, something I'm looking forward to doing again is getting out to more breweries and doing this. And you know, maybe not every recording, but at least you know, hopefully on a monthly basis or something like that. And it's coming. We're going to get the equipment that we need, and we're going to make it happen. So. We'll get yeah. out there. We'll get out there. Um, so I'll start guys. Cause I'm not drinking anything special. I went with my old standby cause it's Sunday afternoon before the Vikings game, I went with my third street brew house, Minnesota gold light lager. Like I've said before, 3.9% and, uh, tastes great. Um, nothing more to say about that. I can drink a bunch of these and, uh, still feel good enough to watch our Vikings lose to Seattle today. So, uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Connor, what do you got today? I've got a new brewery again, guys. Um, it's a brewery. Uh, th- shout out to my uh, my good my good longtime friend Andrea Belsma, Bilesma, excuse me. Um, uh, she was up in the Brainerd area over the over the weekend, and she visited a brewery in 
uh, Jenkins, Minnesota called Snarky Loon. And um, Snarky Loon. Yep. So she got me their Wave Rider Imperial Pale Ale, uh, which is, uh, it, it's got a kick to it, boys. Um, the alcohol is uh, 7.5%, so a little bit higher than usual, but um, the the taste, it's just, it, it kicks you big time. Like uh, it kicks you right in the taste buds. Um, it, but as you can see, it's, it's very, very light for an IPA. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good. You know, it's, uh, it, I don't, I don't think it's one of my favorites, but I would definitely drink it again if I was up in the area. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of got a good, I, I, I don't know what the word is even, um, maybe like the closest thing is multi flavor, um, to, uh, to kick you right in the side of the tongue there. So it's, uh, it's a tasty one, but yeah, snarky loon up in Jenkins. Well, snarky loon. And that again, nice went with a loon. Cause uh, yep. there's a, what is it? The one up in, uh, one up in forest Lake. There's not a loon. Uh, uncommon loon. That's uncommon. in uh, Chisago city. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get up there at some point and uh, do yep. a podcast up there. So, well, great. Uh, Dave, what do you got? All right. Well, I went with something, um, uh, Something that I haven't had in quite some time. I went with a sour, a fruited sour. And uh, this one in particular is actually from, yeah, it's, you know, I'll get into it. But yeah, this one in particular is called Sunstorms from Falling Knife Brewing Company. Oh, there you go. A brewery that I personally have not had. Yeah, I personally have not been there yet um, for some reason. I don't know how I've managed not to go there. I've got to get there, obviously. Of course, the Lunacy Podcast has recorded their live i think yeah back in the good old days uh back uh it was episode um, 51 back in 2020 that yeah was, it was uh january of 2021 and that was actually my first show doing with doing with you guys that um, was nice and there was a nice yeah. snowstorm beforehand too there was a nice snowstorm beforehand and they uh yeah they had a really good um kind of i want to say like uh like cinnamon sugar porter down there mm-hmm. i think that they they had us try which was delicious yep. delicious stuff yeah, and they've got uh, they got pinball machines in there, which is also great. I think they do like pinball tournaments down there all the time. Uh, if I lived closer, I'd be there like yeah. every day. But well, so great. yeah. Anyways, it it's um it's 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 a good it's a great beer. I love it as a. I think I've described these sours in the past because I'm um I, I like them. It's, there's not something I drink uh, too often, but I, I love it uh, especially if you're talking about a Sunday afternoon sipper. This is perfect because. Because of that uh, unique sour taste, um, it is extremely unique, but it is, you know, kind of, uh, it's just a great sipper. You can't, uh, it's not a slammer by any stretch. And it's re- this one's really unique because this one, I don't know if I've had one quite like this because this is, it. this one is uh, mango, tangerine, and key lime. So it's a, bit, uh, wow. a bit unique in that regard. So yeah, it's a unique combination and it's hard to. I'm, you know, as I take a, take a sip and, and just try and get a sense of the aroma, it's hard. Nothing stands out, but it's a good combination comes it's, in at uh, 5.2, 5.2%. So it, um, it's uh, not too strong, but uh, again, it's a sipper anyway. So yeah, it works great for a Sunday or any day for that matter. Sounds like a very citrusy, creamy flavor, uh, flavor. Mm-hmm. Is, does that about cover it there? Oh ab- yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. it's, it's just, it's definitely one of those that it almost makes you until you have a sip to it, it definitely kind of puckers up with that. You know, it's almost that's our, but yeah, it, it, creaminess 
you know, is maybe more of an aftertaste. I, I do get that uh, the way those three kind of signature fruits work together. But uh, yeah, it's, it's quite unique. And I, I like this one. And I believe as we record, uh, this is available in, in the tap room as well. Nice. Well, great. We got some great beers today. Um, guys, before we even get into the loons, I want to talk just a little bit about the uh, kerfuffle that happened with the uh, Timberwolves front office, uh, because uh, frankly, uh, frankly, I don't think that uh, I, I think it kind of plays into some of the things, the, the things that the loons, some of the loon supporters have problems with. And it also ties back to the fact this happened at a loons game that Dave and I were at. So if anybody doesn't know and doesn't follow the Timberwolves, like I do, uh, the Timberwolves fired their GM, uh, Gerson Rosas, uh, last week, out of the blue, uh, a week before training camp starts, uh, because he, well, he was not the greatest GM in the world. Um, so um, basically, they let him go, and fans are upset because this has been happening with the Timberwolves. It's a dumpster fire over there, and the front office is always interchangeable, and everybody's pissed off because they make bad draft picks and bad trades and whatever. And I think it's funny <clears throat> that the reason why he was – the final reason why I was like, go, guys, is because he was caught on camera at the Loons game last Saturday kissing his mistress. And his mistress oh. actually works with him at the – or did work with him at the Timberwolves. Uh, so he's married. I think she's married. They were having an affair at work. And this is kind of final straw for, for everything. But – I bring it up because, you know, we have loon supporters out there who are always constantly saying Heath out, uh, the front office sucks, ownership sucks, all this stuff. And I always say, look across the river, guys. We could be in a much worse situation with this loons team than we are right now. Let me tell you. Yeah, true. Be, well, be yeah. happy. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. Yeah. We have a fairly competent front office and not something like the Timberwolves have. Uh, going on there in Minneapolis, you know. Yeah, yeah the the loons, the loons had a three year plan, and you know they've made the playoffs the last two seasons in 2019 and 2020. Mm -hmm. So, and here they are in contention for a third year in a row at, at the very least. So, uh, yeah, I don't. It's well, you do hear a lot of complaining, and you yeah. know it's almost week to week kind of thing, depending on how how the uh, results go. Or well, a couple yeah. losses are strung together like they were earlier in the season. It, it always tends to come. It is. And, but I, like I say, Dave, I look at that and I laugh because I go, the Timberwolves situation is like a hundred times worse. I mean, I've been a fan since day one of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. I've been through all of it. I don't even know why I'm still a fucking <coughs> fan of this team because they have been that back ass until of course, you know, they got Kevin Garnett and had a couple of good years there, but frankly, I'm happy the loons have a decent front office and management staff. Um, not well, of course, the sports science guy was let go because he let guys get injured. But again, I'm happy that we have a competent staff and not the dumpster fire that's happening over in Minneapolis. So um, anybody listening to this, be happy that we have a great front office. Um, moving on, guys, let's talk about last night's game. Yeah, because it was a, it was it was a big game, but it was kind of a we had three big games in the last week and a half this was kind of the how would i put it the kind of uh, soft landing after three hard games in a row this is the soft landing into the uh kind of the push for the playoffs here 
Um, so, well, it, you know, it, 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 yeah, I mean, looking at the Houston, a team that Minnesota had previous had already beat twice this year, you can, mm-hmm. and you know, Houston, you know, is, is 12th in the table bottom of the West. So it is one of those games, but it's also, you could also look at it as kind of like a trap game. And if they were to somehow lose this game against Houston, then it kind of negates, you know, the win against the galaxy just a week before. So there was a lot to play here, not to mention playoff standings. So it is, it, it's one of those games where you do you do, you could get off track pretty easily if something were to happen. And I will say, you know, to Houston's credit, uh, they've won, they, going, you know, heading into last night, um, they had won two of their last three matches and actually had a draw on the road, I believe, against the LA Galaxy. So they had been in recent form, included in those last three games where none other than Darwin Quintero, he has finally made a return to Houston in an MLS action. And, you know, I, was he out due to injury or what? But he had not played at all hardly at all this earlier this season right. but he has been yeah. back lately and starting know. and he know. actually scored he scored his first uh Quintero scored his first uh goal of the season against da- FCD FC Dallas uh the week before I don't know if it was injuries or them wanting to play younger guys I have no yeah. idea um the guy is still of course talented um does he mesh well with others not really it's debatable yeah yeah so i who knows we'll why into it but i think we saw we saw a little of that we saw a, little, mm-hmm. a lot of what we saw when he was with minnesota you know he scored mm-hmm. what 21 goals for mm-hmm. minnesota over the course of a year and a half year or and so a half. and yeah uh, you know, he was a, he, he was a playmaker <laughs> you know for a good majority of that time but then you know on the flip side that you know there was games and matches where he just went away yep. and just kind of you know, you could tell it was all about himself. And I think you saw a little inkling to that, not just with Darwin Quintero, but some of the other big names on Houston as well. well so, yeah, and we, well, we, especially Darwin Quintero, too. And I think we noticed it more because we were, we, he used to play for Minnesota. So, yeah. and with him being back in Minnesota in front of the Minnesota fans for the first time since he left Minnesota, we just noticed that every time he tried to attack, we were in his way all the entire time. So, um, it was more of, uh, the, the downside of Darwin Kintyre that we saw last night. I mean, we'll get into that a little bit later, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it was more of the same. I think Dave, you and you and I saw kind of the end of the DQ era in Minnesota, uh, when we went and saw the U uh, S open cup final down in Atlanta, cause he didn't start. Remember that? Yeah, game? that's right. That was kind he of the beginning. Not, that, was, yeah. that was the beginning of the end for, for DQ here because he was pissed and he didn't start him and. That was that. Yeah. So that that was kind of yeah, that was an interesting game. So it was a game where I mean, I remember being surprised. I mean, just because he was obviously, you know, a DP or one of our big playmakers, although inconsistent into that stretch. And uh, in that game, he in which he did start down in Atlanta um, in that U.S. Open Cup final, he that was also a game where kind of Robin Lou uh, scored a big goal. Of course, mm-hmm. it wasn't enough to come back and beat Atlanta, but he scored a goal in that game and maybe that was kind of where the uh, tide kind of turned as far as you know, the direction of that this franchise went. And so, yep. yeah. Interesting. You know, game. Interesting that that came up. Yeah. That's uh, that, that is kind of a cool coincidence, isn't it? That's the, the beginning of the end for Darwin Quintero. And that was actually Robin Lude's first goal in a, in a Lumen's Jersey that night. That was and just, uh, okay. there, I wasn't sure about that. Yep. And, and from there, uh, uh, the Lude, uh, the rising of the Lude was, uh, was yep. going up there. The ludic, the ludic experience that has yeah. happened. Um, let's talk about the starting lineup, guys, because Heath went with the if it's don't bro- if it's not broke, don't fix it lineup. Right. Um, yes. So basically, throughout everybody he had 
the, the game against the Galaxy that we won 3 0. Um, of course, Hassani Dotson is still injured, so Ozzy's got to start in the midfield for him. Uh, and Robin Lud gets to start up top and kind of the false nine type of thing, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about on the show and before that we're not happy about, but you know, it is what it is. Well, and here, here's the thing. Yeah. And here's, this is, I found this really interesting because it just, I, you know, obviously with Reynoso back and healthy, healthy ish, I should say. And then Frank Apone back healthy, Robin Lude back and healthy. Uh, it's nice to have those guys back in your lineup in a consistent basis. But one thing that kind of blew my mind was, uh, okay, you're right, Tony. They had the same lineup at last gal as last week and against the LA galaxy, um, quick one for you guys. And they mentioned it during the broadcast, if you were listening closely, but, uh, when was, when do you think the last time that Heath had started the same lineup back-to-back games? Oh shit. Won't make oh, you wait too boy. long. Not um, this year. I bet. No, it wasn't. Well, this no, year. no. It, I was, think it was last it year. Was this year. It was this oh, year. It was oh, this year. It was this year. And you, but you have to go all the way back to, uh, June 23rd and 26th against, uh, Austin and Portland. Was the last time that you saw one of these? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Fix it lineups because that that's something we had saw a ton at least last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really thought that was interesting. So at least now that's a sign that these some most of the guys are healthy. It's and uh, coming off a big win against the Galaxy, it was actually kind of nice to see. And I remember thinking, you know, I know we had the conversation last week, and maybe we'd see a new start up top. But hey, I mean, it's hard to argue. Uh, with with the results that they saw last week, even though I know once uh, Lude uh, got his you know pretty big assist there for Reno, so uh, mm-hmm. he kind of went away in that LA Galaxy a little bit. But um, yeah, no, it's just nice. I think that's a good good sign that we saw the same lineup now. As I as I think about it, well, it's obvious to me that Ethan Finley has done some things in training and on the pitch that has made Heath want to keep starting him out on one of the on the wings there. Definitely. Um, as much as you know, as as much as if Sterling was here, he'd say, "Well, Ethan Finley shouldn't be starting." Obviously, he's doing some things that are helping this team. Whether right. it's getting up the pitch really fast, and well, last night he he, he had a goal. We'll talk about that. And um, so, obviously, he doesn't want to mess with what the whole chemistry is in that front four, and that now includes Ethan Finley. Where Adrian yeah. Anu, Anu sits in this whole front four. We don't know yet because, that, frankly, we haven't yeah. seen it. Right. And that, that was actually my um, – exi- that was exactly my comment post-match. Was, I didn't – you know, I didn't have a lot of negatives uh, coming off the match last night looking at my notes. And that was one of my big pointers was that, hey, with Ethan Finley, in his given his recent uh, form, he's been super solid. In fact, Ethan Finley – I mean, I know, uh, obviously – I mean, Finley had a great game. You touched on his goal – he made, he was, you know, not just box to box, but he was goal to goal, you know, coming back, making a couple huge defense, at least one huge defensive play last night that probably saved a Darwin Quintero goal. And we'll never know, but he was playing out of his mind as he has for the last few games. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, it's tough. If assuming everybody's healthy, it's tough to you, it's tough to break that up. And then Lude has had success playing, whether it's, you know, the true, you know, striker or, or false nine, whatever you want to call it, he's had success there. So uh, yeah, I think it's hard to move away from it. And it's a good problem to have because then you have a guy like a new, um, you know, available at any time during a game, whether it's just, you know, need a little spark plug or an injury um, who can come in and you can maybe shift Lude back into a, you know, a wing position and put a new up top 
you know, if you need to make a sub for say either Francopone or Finlay due to injuries, I think it's a good problem to have. Although um, it is odd that, you know, you have two DPs on the bench to, to, you know, to well, start a game with Jan Gregis as well. I mean, so it's very unusual, but it's hard to m- mess with this chemistry. I would say. Well, we'll talk about Jan later in the podcast here guys, but uh, yeah, it, we'll see what happens with Adrian a new a new getting back into the starting lineup we'll see if he wants to mess with success right now um but guys getting into the game um it, i mean we're start this game off guys and uh, what is it the eighth minute seventh minute uh mm-hmm. we're already like we're already we got a goal I mean, back up, back up. It was within a minute. It was the first first, minute. minute. Oh, yeah. Okay. First minute. Maybe you're thinking LA Galaxy. I think it took four or five minutes for Reynosa. I'm thinking Galaxy. Okay. This is the first. Yes. 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 Yeah. It was 55 seconds in and um, yeah, it was, it was Robin Lude to get, uh, to get him on the board in under a minute. And it was, you know, assisted by a few, I mean, the goal was great. It was a, it was a, it was a, a nice goal from Robin Lude who made a run right in deep into the box, but mm-hmm. Frank Apane with a kind of cut in a little bit and then just delivered and a beautiful assist, a beautiful pass mm-hmm. right to Robin yeah. Lude's feet. And then Rob, all Robin Lude at that point had to deal with was the uh, tough angle, I would say, on that goal. But Right, yeah, hey, which he did a great job and, on. Yep. And, and speaking of this, I mean, that, that actually – that goal was not insignificant from a historical perspective. It was Minnesota's fastest goal ever yep. in MLS play. That's right. Because the only and, set by Adrian Anu just a few games ago. And uh, yeah. And, it, and I guess Fragapani makes a great pass there by guys, but uh, Ray gets Fragapani the, 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 the ball there in a good yeah. spot. The distribution I mean, is distribution, really good. It yeah. was fantastic on that first goal there. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, you're right. I was thinking about LA galaxy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, right off the bat guys, Robin Lude, getting it going. And uh, I'm yeah. sure, the, I'm sure the boys, the dummy run podcast were, were really, um, getting excited because they're big Robin Lude stands. So, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> which you know, I am, I kind of am too, because he's, yeah. he's a Finnish guy. So I'm yeah. Finnish. So. I believe that was his seventh goal club yeah. leading seventh yeah. goal. Yeah. So. yeah. And again, this is the reason I think he starts Lude up top guys is because you see plays like this uh adrian anu we haven't seen this we've seen adrian anu do some things and, and make some goals when he's been out there pretty much by himself whenever he's been injured right but we haven't seen him do things like this like robin lud does here um and uh you gotta if you want to talk about adrian anu you got to talk about a little bit of the i don't know if you want to call it the yips yet but he has missed some 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 chances here and there yeah. uh, so again we'll see if adrian goes back to a new up top so guys we're already up in the first minute well you know I'm, I'm, something about that uh something about that goal is that uh you know it was just it was just something i noticed about it was that it was made with that goal was made with so much ease Mm-hmm. Just uh, the fr- the pass from Fragapane. You see Robin Lude making his run and uh, splitting the two center backs, and uh, I feel like the center backs were watching him the entire way, but they weren't making any any uh, effort to close him down. Uh, they just kind of watched him run through, and then uh, by the time they realized that Lude, what Lude was doing, it was too late, and uh, 
Lewis just managed to get in between them. So just a poor, very poor defending on Houston's part. I don't, and it's uh, that like, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm a Luton's fan, but uh, it's uh, yeah, just Houston, horrible, horrible defending. Houston wasn't ready yet. They were still kind of in the locker room and they weren't oh, even, well, you know, they weren't even on the field. Sense. I mean, and they were there physically, but mentally they were still off the pitch. I mean, that's what it looked like, Connor. I mean, yeah. You look at that and the guys are all standing around like what's 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 happening? Yeah, they're like there's yeah, no goals in the first why... 5 minutes, right? No. no. Yeah. yeah. And then that's why I'm kind of glad you brought it up in you brought you know you actually you said what the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th minute um and I mean I'm glad you brought that up because this game because of that early goal and we'll get through the rest of the game here but it reminded me so much of the game against LA Galaxy, you know, getting up early. That's just part of the the game but just getting up early at home. I mean, it's a dream start. And yeah, that as a team, they came to come out in the first minute and look so smooth, crisp pass, just beautiful passes. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, credit to Lou. That was, you know, just looking at it over and over and over in here. I mean, it was, it was a tough battle. And, and, you know, and maybe Tony, to your point, Anu, maybe he doesn't score there because he, it, whether it's a case of the yips or he's just not as sharp as he should be at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a gimme goal. It's not a tap-in. Hanu's had a couple tap-ins that, you know, yeah. credit to him, he's been in the right spot for. But that was anything but a tap-in. That was, you know, coming across a, at an odd angle past the goalkeeper. So, yeah, who knows? I, You know, I, you know, we'll never know. But, hey, you know, credit, and we get, credit Lou there. So and, of course, Frank Apani. Right off the bat, guys, we are on the attack. And this is what I like about this team, right? We score in the first minute, and we're just – we're putting our – their pedal is is to the metal guys we're 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 throwing it at them we're doing things uh ethan finley had a miss in the 12th minute um i mean we're just we're just trying to get another goal here to put this game kind of out of reach uh against houston and then in the 17th minute guys ethan finley gets his goal and i don't have the video up but i kind of remember what happened what a weird one it was a weird thing and so now who pass was it was did ray pass it to finley do you guys so remember it was it was ray who passed it into finley mm-hmm. and finley had uh had lured to his right yes uh going up the center so you, you kind of see a little one two but unfortunately the return pass from lude was a little light so it uh so the houston defenseman was in prime position to get it and he did get it but did not control it very well um and again it's a breakdown in the houston defense uh you see um, just the light pass. And then it goes kind of just, it's kind of just fumbled in between whoever that, I don't know who that is, uh, from Houston. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, he, uh, he just fumbles it and Ethan capitalizes it kind of takes a half shot. And, um, again, kind of, a just, a a fumbled one where the goalkeeper has, is already on the ground. He has to reach and got tries hand, to get a got swat on, on it. Got yep. his hand on it. Tries to get a swat on it, and um, oh boy, you know that. I think that uh, judging by the replay, uh, that was that was closer than it looked. I think. Um, yeah. I think that was really, really close. I, I still think it was a goal, but it was uh, it was, a, it was barely across. It was barely it was across the line. It was a goal, and and again, if the goalie doesn't get his hand on it, I mean, that's a goal. I mean, there's no nothing you can do about it. That's, that's right. A goal. Uh, right. The fact that he gets a hand on it puts it kind of up in the air. Defenders come in, try to get it out. It was past the goal line. That's a goal from Ethan Finley. Yeah. And that's it. And that's one of those guys. It's one of those plays again where, you know, you get the ball in the box and it kind of pinballs around and things happen. And all of a sudden it's, it's, it's across the goal line. 
you know? Yeah, it's interesting. Look. It's interesting that like that on that one, you know, uh, Robin Lude was not credited with assists. And I think, Connor, to your point, it's probably because Houston, the Houston defender kind of got in the middle of that pass, actually mm-hmm. bumbled it, like you said, bumbled it, fumbled it, whatever, and then got onto Ethan Finley's foot and where he was able to put it in. So no assist on that goal, whereas, you know, Robin Lude's, you know, first minute goal was assisted by both Ray and Frank Opone were awarded uh, assists on that goal. So, and then, yeah, I think, you know, MLS doesn't really have that goal line technology. Like this, if you watch a lot of the premier league, I don't believe they have it, but it's certainly you know, Sterling and I were kind of going back and forth. Is that, would that be a reviewable uh, play? They, they should have it. I mean, why yeah, wouldn't they it, have it? They, they do have it. Um, they do they, have it. Okay. Yeah. They do have the goal line technology and the VAR and everything. So they would, they would definitely review it or uh, I mean, they should, who knows what these pro referees these days, but uh, um, you've got it. It's uh, they do have the technology that that much I do know. So it okay. should be reviewable. Yeah. And when I first saw it live, I, I didn't think it was a goal. I mean, from the, the television angle, you know, you didn't you weren't obviously looking down the goal line. But right. uh, I, I didn't think it was a goal at first. And the only thing that really got my attention almost, you know, just seconds after was the reaction by Minnesota's players. They, you know, everybody, you know, everybody just, just assumed play. it was a goal. Yeah, and then looking at the replay, it was it it was darn close though. But clearly, the replay showed that it was just barely, just barely though. Right. So, but you'll yeah, you'll take it and credit Finley and uh, Lude there. So yeah. But was, again, that's a, just another reason on that theme of why this game reminded me of the LA Galaxy game is just because hey, now this this came this two two goal lead came even faster than it did against the LA Galaxy, and here you are at home a two goal lead. Um, where do you go from there? And uh, I think as we get in more into the game, I think this, I mean, if, if you want to be picky, you wouldn't be picky about the first, obviously, 17 minutes of this game up to nothing. I think it's it's as you get into halftime, closer to halftime uh, with a two goal lead, I felt like one critique I would have is that Minnesota did get sloppy with the lead mm-hmm. um, in terms of it just seems to me, it seemed like it was a little lackadaisical. Um, just the passing wasn't there. Um, going into the second half um, and just, and then it just seemed like it was just poor effort. In my opinion, it just was poor passing a uh, little sloppy and the transition back on defense was just too slow. And it created, it did against LA galaxy. It just created too many opportunities for Houston. Now, fortunately Houston maybe is either lacking quality or, or they have bigger problems, but uh, they weren't able to capitalize on some of the mistakes I thought. And then, you know, do credit Tyler Miller where, he especially showed up in the second half, yeah. but credit Tyler Miller for being solid. You know, I thought the back line as a whole played again, pretty well. That's a, that's been a more or less a, you know, a common theme here over the last, you know, all but the first month of the season. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's my only complaint. You could tell that uh, Adrian Heath was really visibly frustrated at halftime. If you saw his interview, he, he was, uh, you know, you can't argue with the scoreline. It's two nil. You know, that's great, but he was not happy. <laughs> he no. kind of let everybody know it. He, he just is. That's where I'm, that's where this is coming from. This is not, uh, you know, it's something that you can just see by watching. And clearly he was watching the game pretty closely and was not happy because he, he made the point of saying, you know, next goal, next goal is going to make this game interesting one way or the other. Yeah. You know, if Houston yeah. is able to grab that goal. And that's the same feeling that I had at LA, you know, watching LA Galaxy at Allianz Field, you know, last weekend was, OK, great. Up to nothing. Uh, 2-0 and but uh, boy you know the way this game has been going you know that momentum's already in my opinion kind of sliding back to Houston as we got closer to halftime and if they had managed to put one in then who knows 
you know, because I was thinking in my mind, worst case scenario, uh, if if Houston were to score, you know, make it a, you know, and cut the lead in half. And, uh, you know, then I'm all of a sudden starting to imagine ways in which this uh, team could, you know, end up blow a two no lead. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and a draw would feel like a loss. You know, Dave, no doubt you, about yeah. it. Dave, you didn't know what was going on after the second goal last weekend. Let me tell you, you were you were you were a couple of beers in. You were you were good to go. You this, <laughs> it was euphoria for you. We were going to win that game. Um, yes, I will say the only thing that was different from last weekend's game to this game, guys. I mean, it felt the same. Uh, the exception was I wasn't actually at the game, and I wasn't wearing pants. So those are the mm. two differences uh, that uh, from last night's game to the game last Saturday, but. Um, See, I was get... hoping you would say you were at the game and weren't wearing pants, but that's no, that would be yeah. thrown upon, uh, yeah. especially in this COVID times. Uh, Connor, you gotta yeah. wear pants. Well, um, it is getting cold out there too. So I will yeah. say this, guys, before we go into the second half and all the fumbling, bumbling that we did, um, I mean, Renoso got a yellow card in the 40th minute. And mm-hmm. if you guys remember uh, that what was going on there, he was frustrated with getting some non calls and doing some things. He, he did make a couple of really bad fouls here and there, but I think he was getting frustrated as the game went on by the fact that he was getting fouled and they weren't getting called. So he was going to foul them and kind of retaliate. And you could tell by his face and, and he got a little injured there. I think he hurt his hamstring a little bit. Um, so it's, it's getting to the point where he's got to really settle himself down. I, right. I get he's frustrated, but we cannot afford to lose him for a game uh, on a yellow card accumulation. We can't afford for him to get a red card and lose him for the rest of a game. We just can't have that happen. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's a thing that Heath has to talk to him about and say, look, Ray, I get it. You're getting pounded on, 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 on the pitch here, but you just got to deal with it and, and move forward with it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ray's a competitor. Uh, you guys saw it last night. He looked injured. He did not want to come off the pitch uh, when he was uh, subbed in for, I think, in the. It's right about the hour mark. Hour um, mark. Yep. He yeah. did not want to come off the pitch at that point. And I, I you know, uh, I, I, I kind of look at that as I mean, I, I as he was not 100 um, percent, but he was still he was he was fit enough to be out there. You know, even Ray at 90 percent, you could clearly see even after he, his apparent, you know, tweak, let's call it a tweak. Cause we're hoping it's nothing serious. I don't think there's any reason to believe there is, but you know, he, even after that, he was playing at a high level. Um, he created chances like he always does. He was creating chances in the center of the pitch. Yes. Tony he was getting fouled like crazy. Um, and that's why, yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on with the foul. That was, it was troubling to see because you really don't want to see that. There's really no excuse that shouldn't happen, but it did. But I was kind of, I, I, when he, when he came off, I mean, I, I almost took that as a positive, you know, yep. if, if he was really questioning his injury or health, um, you know, he wouldn't be putting up such a fight to come off at that time. I think Heath is probably, you know, he's doing what he has to do as a manager at that point. There's a game on Wednesday. You, have you, know, to. you got, he's one, he's the most important player for Minnesota mm-hmm. United, arguably. Definitely. Um, I, I would certainly make that case, but uh, yeah, I could see how you could make a case for someone else. But uh, yeah, no, he's very important, and I like to see that fire. Honestly, if as long as you can keep it under control, I mean, I I think um, I don't look at that as as that emotion as a bad thing. I mean, I I think it, maybe it's a good thing going forward, something to build off of. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we got Heath made a good call there. Uh, you got to get him off the pitch. 
let him rest, even though if it wasn't really an injury, let's not chance it. Let's just let him do his thing. Yeah, um, definitely. But guys, the second half is where Heath really got pissed off is because watching this game last night, um, yeah, the loons did not look very good in the second half. A lot no. of missed passes, a lot of sloppiness, a lot of, you know, and again, we talked about this before. When you have a team down 2-0, you want to just you, you want to stick it to them and, and go up another goal or two yeah. and just put it out of reach. You, you, you can't play sloppy and think that you're going to win this game. You can't like, think, oh, we'll be lackadaisical and just kind of – you can't do that. Um, so I can see where Heath's coming from when he was pissed yeah. off at, at the end of this game. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, and to end to to the point that we were just talking about when when Reynoso came off at the hour mark, 60th minute, and you see a player like DeCorey Hayes come in, that almost kind of makes you believe that you know with a two goal lead, you're going to kind of come in and play a little more defensively with a player like DeCorey Hayes. He obviously is not the playmaker that Reynoso is. Nobody is out there, so you kind of think, oh, they're going to go into a defensive shell, protect the win. That doesn't always work, as we know, but. I will say that, you know, one thing I did notice and I and I brought up the fact that they were sloppy going into halftime. But I did think coming out of halftime that Minnesota got better. In fact, yeah, in my I opinion, agree that I described if I was going to describe the game as a Minnesota United supporter and fan, uh, I would describe the game as entertaining because the last half of the second half or pretty much most of the second half really opened up. And I think Minnesota created a significant amount of chances. Um, Ethan Finley, a name we've already brought up a couple of times. Ethan Finley nearly scored, hit the post, should have scored. There was very big opportunities for, for almost, you know, for all the attacking players. Robin Lude had another chance. And so credit to Minnesota. I think it, it was far from the worst case scenario. I think Minnesota actually improved as, as the second half went on. And actually, I think if you're watching the game, you are surprised like I am that Minnesota did not score. I mean, I think they got unlucky yeah, not to score a third definitely. or even a fourth goal. The flip side is, of course, the game did open up. It was a very entertaining game, and that created a number of opportunities for Houston, too. And this is – the second half is really where Tyler Miller showed up. Yeah, it uh, is. He we made would, save after save after save. So. Yeah, because it, it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just Minnesota who uh, who should have scored more goals. Houston should have scored yes. too. Uh, and if it weren't for Tyler Miller, they would have. Um, but uh, the, yeah, they. I mean, I, I turned it on. I managed to turn it on. We we headed home from the wedding, and uh, I have YouTube TV on my phone, so I managed to turn the game on at about the sixty fourth minute. Uh, so I watched the rest of it on the way home and I just saw, I, I, I mean, I couldn't speak for what happened earlier in the game at the time, but I just saw Minnesota dominating possession, which mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a couple good chances. Ethan, Ethan Finley hits the post. Robin Lud had a good free kick and. Yep. Um, oh, nearly scored. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was a great one. Nearly great, scored, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. That was a beautiful, that, that one by Robin Lude, that was nearly a goal. That was, just a beautiful free kick. And then the Ethan Finley one that you mentioned as well. It may have so. been, if, if he had scored that, that may have been the nicest goal Minnesota's ever scored. That would have mm-hmm. been a really cool one. Um, it could have been. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just saw nothing but domination on Minnesota's part. Um, yeah. And of course, uh, Houston had a couple chances at the other end, but Tyler Miller handled them beautifully. And uh, so, it's, yeah, but- yeah, I think you're right, Dave. I think as the second half goes on, Minnesota just dominates more and more and more. And it's, and you saw, yeah. uh, 
great, uh, great play. Um, even from the, the subs like J- uh, Jacory Hayes, who I think has been 50, 50 at times and uh, Jacory Hayes played very well. Um, so yeah, I, th- I thought it was, I thought they were great. I thought they had a great second half. Um, they, yeah. And well, uh, hopefully we see more of the same against DC on Wednesday. So, so guys, we got this game uh, with two nil or two nil win. Yeah. So that puts us, uh, I think, in well, did we even move positioning in the in the standings? Yes, we went up to yep. six. So they moved six, from yeah. Minnesota moved from seventh to sixth place. And yep, and I yep. mean, really, you know, with how bunched the West is, I mean, it, it's not so much. You don't look, you know, you, you, you could say, you know, cause we've seen bigger jumps, you know, coming from seventh to fourth or seventh mm-hmm. to fifth, but you know, even if you're only moving up one spot into sixth, you know, uh, at the time, you know, you were within just a point or two of a fourth position, which was huge, but it's, it's the points down the stretch because now there's only nine games left. So every game right. is, is so massive. And so it's not so much, or even sixth, seventh or fifth, it's yep. your point total. Your points well, per game that you're going to have to look at because we we know roughly where they're going to need to be. So these wins, now that we're in single-digit games remaining, each one is so massive. Well, you know um, you know something about this. If you look at the standings, LA Galaxy play this play tonight against Austin FC, and if they lose that one, that could be great for us yep. because we have a game in hand against Portland who are sitting in fourth right now, and if we win that one, uh, I well, I think Portland will still have fourth because of how many wins they have, but uh, we'll be on the same amount of points that Portland is on. And we've always had the upper hand against Portland. So hopefully uh, that could put us in a big step towards a home playoff game uh, going toward the, going toward the end of the season. Uh, like you said, Dave, we're in single digit games uh, left now. So that's, it's very, very important that we perform well. Uh, and if we do, we could make it count, get another home playoff game in the first round. Could be. I mean, there's a chance we hit in the fourth. Uh, yeah. Again, I'll say it again, guys. Uh, we look at fourth through uh, tenth place. Uh, Forty points for Portland. Thirty-three points for San Jose. It's anybody's game in, yep. in that right there. We got a bunch of teams sitting there. Um, and and he, and Heath said last night that he, you know, going into this match, uh, going into the Houston match, he thought they needed to win five or six games games to make the playoffs yep. i don't know if the number's quite that high but it might very well be with how well some of these teams are playing you know yep. at or even below the playoff line um i know there's been some inconsistencies with some of the teams but yeah I, I mean that may very well be the case you know i think you have to play that way assuming you're going to need five or six and at least that's why last night mm-hmm. was a big one now with nine to go it gets a little tougher uh you know starting this week um wednesday they, they they hit the road they have to go out east to um dc united and so that's one of the you know one of the rare eastern conference uh, opponents that they see this year so that'll be an interesting game with a dc united team that's playing well as of late they're inside the line in the east they're um, about on the same level yeah, as we are right now i believe though yep. DC united. Well, yeah they're six yep. they're yep. six yeah and they're coming off a strong win at home against fc cincinnati so they're playing with a lot of confidence right now they're a playoff team in the east okay. so that you know don't overlook that game that's tough midweek <laughs> game on the road and then following that it's going to be a quick turnaround back to dallas who yes they've struggled as of late they fired their manager in kind of a surprising move but you know Hey, it's going to st- the state of Texas on the road, back-to-back um, road games. This is going to be a tough week. It's a big week. No. Uh, they're going to need to get some results here. So we'll see well, how it goes. You know, I think I, I'd say, Dave. I think every 
game move forward is a big game for this team. Oh, uh, definitely. Seeing how you're in a playoff position. I will say also that uh, DC United has the look at the standings, right, guys? They have the second most goals scored in the whole league. Uh, they have 45 goals scored. They're only second to New England. New England. And that, so that's going to be tough. I mean, yeah. frankly, you know, you get a team like that and score goals <coughs> quick, quick, quick. And we have problems scoring goals, guys. I mean, look at us. We're 29 goals, goals scored this year. 29 given up, 29 uh, taken. Um, if we're down by one or, or two even in the first half against D.C., I don't know how we can come back. Right. Um, so, And D.C. needs this too. They are in sixth place, and a victory for them could move them up into the uh, top four. Uh, so they need this game as much as we do. Um, so it's going to be a big uh, midweek matchup, guys. Huge. Yeah, they are. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, like you said, Dave, it's uh, one of two of our, our only two Eastern Conference game. And so it could be all important. Yep. Um, then, uh, I mean, if you look at the rest of the, the schedule, even uh, we've got some pretty tough uh, opponents on the on the horizon. We've got Colorado uh, uh, that luckily that one is at home. Uh, so we can uh, hopefully make home field advantage count there. But then we go to Austin. We're home against Philadelphia. Uh, we are home against Sporting KC, and then we're away against the Galaxy. Uh, all great teams that we've got LAFC. Um, so it's a tough schedule. Um, yep, I wouldn't even be surprised if to say that uh, we need to win seven in order to get a sure into the playoffs. Um, well, and that's yeah, it's it's just it's hard to predict what's going to happen with the rest yeah. of the conference. But yeah, I mean it's it's a tough slate, and then yes, even though DC is not uh you know it's not a six i don't know if you want to call it a six point game but if you know a western conference opponent you know believe me all those other western conference clubs are going to be playing as well and even with the game in hand um it i think it's going to be really interesting i i, I just i hate to see the thing that just kind of gives me a, a bit of concern is the midweek game on the road followed by another game in texas you know that on the weekend so it, it's it's a tough you know, everybody knows, um, you know, getting results on the road are, are it's tough to come by in this league. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're playing, you know, I don't care if you're playing a 12th or 13th, I should say 13th place team like Austin in the West or, or Dallas sitting at 11th, who's gone through kind of a rough stretch lately. It's so hard to predict uh, this league. And so, every, every, you know, the one thing you can say is it's tough to win on the road. I think that's the only thing that you can say with, with certainty regardless of the form that you're in, you'll see clubs, you know, good clubs go on the road and just kind of lay an egg on any given road match. So you got to hope would, that they're up for it. We'll see. I would like to point out uh, just a little fun fact here. All three of the bottom spots in the Western conference are Texas teams. Right. That's, you know, that's surprising. Yeah. Really been, they've been sitting, I would, been sitting. I would never have predicted that. I mean, other than maybe Austin, not, not doing great to start their campaign, but they've been sitting on there for a it's while. Shocking. Yeah. And Dallas, it was just a few weeks ago, uh, we were talking about Dallas, you know, making, they've, now I, I get it, Dallas has been kind of below the line for most of the uh, most of the season, but da- it was just a few weeks ago <laughs> prior to them firing their manager that Dallas was actually making quite a strong push. They were, they had a nice run of games before, you know, now I guess the last month or so. So yeah. you just never know. Yeah. Well, we talked about it last podcast too. When you when you fire your coach in the middle of the season, that never does anything good. Even nope. if the coach yeah. isn't, even if the coach isn't doing what you want him to do, 
you need to give him the chance to, to finish out the season. And now I think that's doomed Dallas for the rest of the season, which I think they were doomed anyway, but um, they, it's, they just put the, the nail in the, the final nail in the coffin, I think. So it's, well, I think let's hope gonna, so. Yeah. Good Lord guys. Uh, my dog, uh, quick uh, update. He usually is, lays down here where I'm doing podcasts. Um, but on the weekends, he decides that two o'clock is his time to go eat even though his um, time to go eat is usually four 30 or five. But if I'm home on the weekends, he decides, well, I can just pester dad until he feeds me at two o'clock. And that's what he's doing right now. He has decided that he is uh, just going to walk around downstairs. He's going to go into the bunny's room and try to eat the bunny's poops. Um, uh, yeah. So it's a good time to go to break guys because he's being an asshole. Um, now he's staring at me. Uh, along the couch just like you know what i want yeah, he's like yeah come on dude let's go yeah um so anywho guys let's take a little break here we come back uh we're gonna talk some minnesota history with, with connor i got yeah. some fifa rankings to talk about because fifa comes out next week and we'll talk about the loons rankings on that because i think it's fairly funny how they've ranked some of the loons yeah and then uh a funny story about uh uh chair in the river so we're back in just a minute And we're back, everybody. Had a little break. Had to feed my dog because he was being a dick about uh, wanting food. Seriously, like he's a that son of a bitch. He's a dick. He really yeah. is. He just he just knows how to push my buttons. Um, I thought you know years ago I thought it was over because my daughters are older now, so I don't get you know I have to feed them like three times a day. They can actually fend for themselves most of the time. Yeah. So I thought that was over. Now I got to deal with this this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Please feed me. Um, so anyways, guys, uh, I talked about this before we went to break. Let's talk about FIFA 22 ratings for players, specifically the the, uh, the United's ratings, because yeah. um, it is comical how they rated these guys this year. Let me just tell you, overall, the top five. Now, Ray is number one, of course. Right, I mean, he. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not surprising. Number one on the team, he's a seventy-six. Um, his passing is seventy-eight, which is not surprising. His dribbling is seventy-nine. He's fantastic. Well, Tony, as you go down the list here, before I, mm-hmm. you know, sorry to cut, it, but for someone who's not a FIFA player like myself, mm-hmm. I used to be back in I think FIFA two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, what? So what would be like? Who? Maybe you don't know, but what, who? Roughly. Who would be the in as far as MLS is concerned? Who who would be the highest rated player? And if you don't know who, what about what level could would you expect for the highest MLS rated player? Are you talking MLS I, MLS I, in total or Minnesota? MLS well, MLS okay. in total. So I, I can tell you these numbers. I can tell you who the top rated guy in MLS is. It's Carlos Vila of okay. LAFC, and he's an eighty three. And okay, uh, Nene or I would think that Chicharito's up there. Chicharito is not even on the list, and really, which is surprising. That's surprising, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, he did just join LA Galaxy this year. No, he, mm-hmm. he joined LA Galaxy last year, didn't he? Yeah, and we were, like, we're talking about the break. This is his first year, yeah, in the club. Like we're talking about the break here. Last year's FIFA game, I had to go and pick up Ray because he wasn't on the loons because he was a midseason pickup. Um, FIFA bases all their stuff on the European side of things. So when you're right. looking at these ratings, you're looking at last year's ratings pretty much. They don't 
pay any attention to what's going on this year. I don't think they do at all. Um, so it's interesting to see like Carlos Vela is uh, number one in 83. Dene is uh, an 81. Uh, Higion from Miami is an 81. Pozzulio is an 80. Ladero is an 80. So Joseph Martinez is an 80. I mean, that's the highest rated guys in MLS are going to be in the the low 80s. The low 80s, okay. yeah. yeah. Which isn't too that, bad. That put, no. no, and that puts a good perspective on it when you say an Emmanuel yeah. Reynoso is 76. I mean, I, if, if the highest rated MLS players were close to 100, it would have me scratching my head. That's kind of why I asked. Yeah. But, okay. So, I mean, Emmanuel be, or Reynoso being at uh, 76 is actually really good. He's in the top 20 players in MLS, which is which is where he should be. You know, he's a top 20 MLS yep. player. Yep. Um, so we have, Certainly. Ray up top, we got uh, Fragapane at 73. We got Robin Lud at 73. We got Adrian Anu at 73. So we got three guys at 73. Uh, And then the funny thing comes in is Jan Grigas at 72 and Ozzy Alonso at 72 as well. So Ozzy and Jan are your top six best players on the Loons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, especially well, if you're basically uh, going off of last year's last year's numbers. But I that's mean, that's the crazy thing about it, Dave, is I think a lot of MLS fans get pissed off because you're basing yourself off of last year's numbers. Right. And it doesn't focus yeah. on this year's at all. I mean, Hassani Dotson is way down the list. I think he's like at a 66. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, oh, 66. Dude. He's way yeah. down the list. Oh yeah, dude. And, and when FIFA 20 came out after Hassani Dotson had his come had his coming out party with Minnesota, mm-hmm. Hassani Dotson was ranked like 57 when he yeah. first came out. I was yeah. like, come on, he's higher than that. I know he's not the greatest, but he's higher than that. I mean, it's of course everybody argues about ratings. I mean, Madden they argue about ratings, NBA lot or NBA 2K, whatever they argue about ratings, NHL. They, I mean, everybody argues about ratings, right? right? Um, but it's funny to see a guy like Jan Grigas be in the top five for Minnesota when he hasn't played this year much. And when he has played, he has looked not great. You know, no. he looks like he's falling off a little bit. Now, Ozzy, on the other hand, the last two games, he's looked, he's looked decent. Yeah, uh, and not only that, Tone, last two games, he has absolutely looked good. He's looked good, especially against LA Galaxy, I thought. Um and he, he obviously he not only has he looked pretty good at least recently he's he's uh he's been a trooper he's played you know i think almost close to a full 90 over the last four or five games as they needed him so yeah he's really stepped up late late in the year especially after you know kind of starting the year more or less off the bench you know and coming in kind of late in games and maybe that was part of it but he did not look good early and well, uh certainly certainly you know, at, out of necessity, you know, the club has needed him to, to play that role that he's played familiar with playing, but uh, he's also having success with it. So I think that's, I think that's a great thing for this club at this point. But so suppose never mind to, the rankings. According to FIFA, Jan is our third best shooter um, right behind Robin Lud and Adrian Anu. He is also our uh, second best passer yeah, right behind Ray. Ray. Yeah. Uh, and he's also, let's see here. He's also our third best defensive player right behind uh, Debasi and Ozzy. So it's a little surprising, but uh, very surprising. I, I don't but think that's remember actually we used to, we wasn't that long ago. We'd call him the sniper over and over again. You know, well, he was a sniper. He, he does. He did. He did. He does have a shot, you know, or he's at got least a nice did. shot. He's, I think he's, it was, you know, he's number three in shooting. I mean, that's, that's a good shot. I mean, come on. 
I, yeah, I think it was his passing and it was it's his passing and defense that kind of let you know has let let the club down and why yeah. he is not seeing more of the field unfortunately at this point at all. So and well, he was banged up recently too, wasn't he? I don't was he even available last night? I don't think he was. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I even like know. But I don't even know yeah. if that's like a really bad injury or if it's just like he doesn't want him even around anymore. You know what I mean? It's like he's like he's a forgotten man, really. Yeah. It's like he's fallen off the face of the earth. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get I it, but I don't. You get it and you don't. I get that. I get that. That's mm-hmm. funny. But yeah, I mean, it's okay. There's a few things. It's it's the Will Trap signing, who Will Trap has played, I think, the most minutes for this club this year. He's, you know, I think he he I think he looked at the time Will Trap signing, you know. At the time, oh great, okay, we've got a little more depth. We've got, you know, we know that Ozzy's getting up there. Hey, that kind of makes sense. But I I certainly didn't expect to have Will Trap, you know, leading this club in minutes played. Um, but he certainly is that. So obviously Will Trapp's not only signing, but you know, proven MLS veteran. He's he, he's been very solid most of the year, if not all the year. Right. And then of course uh, the emergence of Hassani Dotson. You know, you uh, Heath obviously starting you know early you know from game one basically it was clear that 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 adrian heath wanted hassani dotson on the field any way possible and he really emerged and was playing a solid you know central defensive mid you know either with will trap or whoever else is out there so i think those two things kind of pushed um gregus in the doghouse early i mean that but number one let's i guess let's be honest here he you know gregus is that other dp that's on your bench or not available but, you know, it, to start the year, uh, his play was just abysmal. I mean, it was not good. And uh, fortunately for Minnesota United, they had Will Trapp. They had Asani Dotson coming on strong. So, yeah, disappointing out of Jan Gregus, especially with how good he looked, you know, almost immediately, you know, coming over with Minnesota United just a couple of years ago. So, yeah. Here's a question for you guys. Uh, when it comes to our center backs on FIFA ratings here, um, who do you think is the better player, Debassi or Boxel? Well, of course, I've seen him, so I know what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's again, it's fever ratings. So yeah, I mean, Debassi is going to be the number one guy, and Box will be number two. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're going with that, but I mean, I think are we? I think based on the way you asked that question, I mean, I think if you had to be without one of those two guys, say going down the stretch in a playoff run, who would you rather be without? I mean, for me, it's Debassi. I'd rather have Boxel in there. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd rather have Boxy because it's not even about his ratings; it's about his intangibles. Right? He's a leader of that defense. He's taken over for Icapara and become the leader of that defense, and you don't have him back there and things go kind of kablooey. I mean, Calman came in and did a great job, but I mean, Boxel's the guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Sorry. I think I lost you there for a sec. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, Boxel's, uh, I, I, I think I, I lost you for about 10 seconds, so I'm not sure what was just said, but, uh, um, but yeah, I I would rather be with oh. Boxall than Debassi for sure. Um, if if you miss the last ten seconds, we'll just catch up. So basically, Tony was saying that um, uh, Coleman was the defender central back that he could not be without for yeah. overall of the oh, defenders. Yeah. yeah, of course. 
He's the guy. I said Boxel. I said Boxel. Tony said Coleman. And uh, no, I so didn't say Coleman. Like I did not say Coleman. I said, <laughs> hey, did not say Coleman. Now, Coleman's good coming in, but and maybe every once in a while starting. But not. I was gone for the last yeah. 10 seconds. Can you prove that in the court of law? I don't yeah, know. I don't think. Well, I'll play the recording back for you later on. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah. So just to get out of this, guys. FIFA ratings came out. Uh, FIFA comes out this week. I'm sure a lot of some of our listeners probably play it a lot. I know I'll probably pick it up this year. So enjoy the uh, the loons. Look like a good team in this game. So yeah. what's yeah. the loons overall rating? It hasn't come out yet. Oh, it hasn't. Okay, no. gotcha. At least that I've seen. It's just player radios right now. So okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. I I have to imagine uh, Connor. They're going to be rated in the top. Probably five or six in the Western Conference, and overall, probably in the top ten. I think. Well, no, I'm talking about like attack, defense, uh, and um, yeah, uh, overall, that, yeah, like, overall, I think they're going to be ranked, like I said, in those top areas. Yeah. Offense, I uh, who knows? It, well, based off this, probably should be pretty good. Pretty good, you, yeah. Because I mean, every everybody was expecting, you know, Minnesota to come out. And score a bunch of goals this year. That was just oh, especially after the emer- uh, after the signings of Anu and Frankopani. But even prior to that, you know, with with Reno coming back and the success that he had at the end of the year, I think you know nobody. I my well, certainly I wouldn't have predicted a you know a zero goal differential at this point in the season. You know, as far as goals scored and goals allowed. Um, right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good. So uh, sorry, guys. The dog is bothering me. Um, Goodness. so let's seriously, he's, he's being an ass right now. Now he's down here. It's, it's, it's a totally, rarity. It's never, yeah. I mean, I mean, we usually, we usually hear dogs barking on this podcast, whether Isn't we're that, at a brewery or not, but it usually, it's not your dog. It's not that he's barking, but he's not barking. He's, he's usually like, not a uh, pain. I'm like, Hey, you want to come to my lap? And I went to grab him. And he's like, ah, no, no, no. He's trying to, he's thinking I'm playing <laughs> with him. I'm like, F you dude. I'm not playing yeah. with you. Yeah. So, um, Anyways, let's go into some Minnesota soccer history. Connor. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Our last show was on the 19th. Today is the 26th. So we will start on the 20th. How about that? The 20th of September. Uh, where I'm going to do this one here. Um, so uh, 1999, um, September 20th, the Thunder win the second leg of the, um, I, I believe it was the Western Conference semifinals. It looks like, yeah, semifinals. And um, they win it. Sorry, I lost my window here. Uh, two uh, two nil. They advance and aggregate three nil, and it's against the U.S. Pro Forty Select team. What? So that? we would. So we'd know it today as Generation Adidas. Oh, okay. Um, they had their own team back at uh, back in um, those USL hmm. days. So, um, so yeah, we beat them and we advance and aggregate three nil. By the way, so we advanced to the Western Conference Finals that that back then. Nice. Uh, nice. Here we go. Oh, only one stat for the twenty first in two thousand. Uh, the Thunderwind leg one of the USL A League Conference Finals at Milwaukee Rampage four three. Oh, that's the big game um, where there were like three red cards at the end oh, yeah. of it. That's the one right. that I investigated last year. There. Yeah. Um, the guy's name was Todd Dusaski, by the way. I, I couldn't remember his, uh, okay. his, his name, I don't think, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's the guy who started everything that led to all those red cards. 
Uh, but yeah, they won leg one, four, three uh, at the Milwaukee rampage. Um, September 22nd, where we're going to go with 2018 when United beat the Portland Timbers uh, at home three, two. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't think I was at that game. Oh no, I was at that game. Never mind, Cause we, we got out to a three nil lead that day. And uh, then they came back and scored too. So we were on edge for the last oh, 15, 20 minutes of that game. Um, moving on to September 23rd when, oh, here's leg two of that, uh, uh, Milwaukee rampage, uh, conference final, by the way, uh, we were at home and we beat them five, nothing. Hmm. So good convincing win five, nil five, nil. Yeah. And, uh, we move on to the, uh, to the USL championship there. Uh, we're going to move on to September 24th, um, 2011, the stars won- played their last regular season match at the Carolina Railhawks and won two, one, the good old Railhawks. Did we ever figure out what the Railhawk was? No, I don't think we did actually. Yeah. Um, I, 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 at least I don't remember learning what it is. It's I don't something. think it's actually like a, I don't think it's actually like a bird though. I mean, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. Um, I'm not it could engineer. be like a, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, it could be like a train. Uh, real what, is a, what is a, I don't even know what a real hawk is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know either. It just sounds good. I think it just, just sounds good. It just sounds good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't come up the with real hawks. Yeah. Hey, guys, we're trying to decide between the Eskimos and the real hawks. We yeah. aren't just the no real hawks. No brainer. Yeah, exactly right. Or the, uh, the Velvet Thunder. Whoa, whoa, Connor! <laughs> now hold on a second. Now are you talking about? Are we talking about bands here or soccer teams? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> the Velvet. That's a, that's a Brooklyn Nine Nine reference. I'm sorry. There. Yeah. Now okay. I will say the Velvet Thunder would be kind of a cool name. Yeah. I mean, come on, would be. Uh, moving on to September 25th, uh, we're going to go with 2019. United beat. Sporting Kansas City 2-1 clinch MLS playoffs for the first time in MLS history. Hooray. Yeah. When Hassani Dotson hits that goal in the 91st minute. Yeah. Good day. That was uh that was a that was a pretty terrifying game, actually, because I do remember that Sporting KC went up one nil in like the sixth minute that day that mm-hmm. day. And yep. then we didn't end up tying it up until like 70th minute or so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um all right, and so now today, oh, here we go. Um, 1998, Thunder win leg one of the USL A-League Conference Finals 2-1 mm-hmm. at home against the San Diego Flash. Flash, huh? Flash. Okay. Again. Striker coached by Barry Allen. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, um, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if people understand the reference, please uh, tweet us. Yeah, because I don't think Dave even knows what happened there. Uh, no, right. it's over yeah. my over the top of my head. Really, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Dave's not a nerd. So. Yeah, I don't want to give away the Flash's secret identity. So no, that's there you go. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's coming to me now. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right. After right. Some really good clues by keep, you. Okay, keep thinking, Dave. Keep get yeah. that get that yeah. hamster wheel yeah. running right there. Yeah, it's going. 
So there you have it. History for the day, awesome. guys. Awesome. Um, we talked about USL, guys. Let's mention this. The uh, Minneapolis uh, City uh, team. The uh, What's their nickname? Is it nickname their is the Ravens? Crows. The Crows. Crows, Crows, Crows I right? think, yeah. They are moving up to USL League 2 uh, this year. Uh, they will play in a division with, uh, I think it's Winnipeg has a team. Des Moines has a team. Uh, Green Bay has a team. Uh, I think I'm trying to think who else. There's a couple other teams up in this, this kind of heart. They call it the Heartland Division uh, of the USL League Two. So they're moving on up, which is great yeah. news for uh, supporters of soccer in uh, the, the metro area and Minnesota as a whole, because uh, USL Two is a step up for them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if you guys think they're going to have any relationship with the Loons in terms of. May put some younger players there. I mean, could, could be. They, could they? I mean, it could. They could. We we yeah. do need a, a new minor league team, don't we? We do, yeah. but there's so much, Connor. There's so much like, there's such a mess going on now with with minor league or lower league teams and MLS. I know we've got the youth division coming up. What do they call the, that? The, the developmental league. Yeah, they're gonna play no. up. They're gonna play up at Blaine. Uh, I saw their schedule for next year. I guess. Uh, they'll play mm-hmm. a plane. So I'm wondering if like they can even match with a team like Minnesota, Minneapolis city, uh, or can they, I, would it be, would it be good for them to be able to send younger guys like a, a Kim and Gucci or anybody like that to yeah. Minneapolis to play for a while? Yeah. Would Minneapolis I mean, I think- even want them? To play there i i know. think well, i mean i think i think, I think minneapolis rattle would. off mm-hmm. yeah i think the name you rattle off there would be above usl league two mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i think you're talking about a first round draft pick in the mls draft but uh yeah i mean there's certainly maybe maybe not players that are going to be on your kind of main roster wouldn't you I, could I you could send somebody them. like you could send somebody like fred emmings down there uh to get some sure. good playing time sure. You could send Aziel Jackson or uh, could you send Pat- Patrick Wea. Patrick, could you send Patrick Wea down there? I mean, could yeah. You, well, no, so, no, Minneapolis. Yeah, he. Now, if that's news, he Patrick Wea was actually loaned out. Um, yes, I, I wish I could think of the name of the team, but I mean, again, I think we're you're talking about USL League Two. Yeah, I, I think those a lot of those guys are are for, hopefully above but, significantly above that level. But it, but here's here's what I want to say, Dave, and I get there. It's a they're being loaned out to uh, teams above their level, but would you like to loan out a player to a team that's going to be around here that you could actually go and kind of oh, see his development? Of I, don't think, I don't think, I don't, you know what I mean? Yes. I don't yeah. think it's going to be a USL two league. I guess I was just saying uh, is, was my point. I mean, that's quite low, but, but it's, you know, they call it the path to the pros, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be, players on Minnesota United's roster going yeah, to yeah. a USL two. But you never know. Something has gone wrong. If you're loaning a player from the MLS roster to a USL league two team, that's, that's, that's just my point. Necessarily though. I mean, like I can say it's, it's closer to the loons it's here. I mean, they could, yeah, I just, I just think and- it's more in that de- it's more in that developmental league mm-hmm. level. So I don't know how that would compete mm-hmm. with the development league that they, they're going to have. I mean, you should be talking about players that are 
not on the roster, but are in that developmental league. Maybe oh. those kind of players could transition over so to about the, something the, like that. But so I don't, that, that you brought up, I don't know how that'll work. I don't know how yeah, that works. Again, I don't, I, again, I, I'm so like confused by the, the, where these teams oh. are in the, the, the rankings of the, I don't think. I don't think you're the only fan that's confused. I think most well, of uh, the fans are a little bit confused as far as, especially Minnesota United's uh, development. Um, how well, they yes, yes. Treated that since well, they've come into existence. So I think there's a lot of confusion and hopefully in the next year or two, it'll be sorted out. Because you, know you know what I want, Dave? Because I'm an American. I want to have a minor league system like, like baseball has. Lower A, higher A, double A, triple A. That's what I want. You know, that's what I want to see. Yes. Yep. No, we don't have that. It, it, yeah. I, yeah. We don't even I have. Would, yeah, I, I would love to see that too, and I, I think it's unfortunate. Like, I mean, you had, you know, UFL one, like Ford Madison. Yeah. You know, I thought that was just, and it only lasted a year. I thought that was mm-hmm. so much fun. You know, especially when we made the trip. Uh, at least Sterling and I made the trip out to catch a game. We got to see, you know, players that were literally on the roster play, you know, play in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was, oh, I'm not going to sit here and think about it, but yeah, I mean, I saw a player play on for Ford Madison on the weekend and then midweek play for him, you know, play for the loon. Yeah. So yeah, that's I mean, very exciting. Yeah. You want to go see the, those younger guys. And, and so hopefully here in the next year or two, things will shake out and we'll know how to do that basically. Well, I yeah. hope so because it's frustrating for me. I want to go. I want to go see these younger guys. I want to see them play. You know, yeah, I want to definitely. You know, uh, and to go off of Minneapolis's uh, uh, leap into USL two, there are talks, guys. There's going to be another USL two team coming to Minnesota. Um, they really want to beef up that Heartland Conference in USL two, and they uh, need it too. They 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 don't have a lot of teams. In there, they do. So they need and, more teams. So I think like a team like Duluth might be going there. They could put a team in Rochester to do it. If yeah. they want to stick a team in St. Cloud, they could do that too. Mankato there's, would be Mankato. Nice. There's yeah. my biggest thing would be I think they should do a Duluth team because then you got the Winnipeg. I think there's a team in Thunder Bay too. So Thunder Bay's got a team. Yeah. Winnipeg's got, I think Winnipeg has two teams actually. Um, so there's actually a northern component to this whole thing. And who wouldn't want to go up and drive up to Duluth guys and see a USL two matchup between Duluth and Minneapolis? I know I would. Or even yeah. like an off, oh, no. even like an off season season game where Minnesota yeah. United is playing a bunch of friendlies, they could go up and play Duluth or Rochester yeah. or wherever. Definitely, it is. Yeah. definitely. No, I, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of great. We I think we've talked about it. there's a lot of great breweries up uh, in northern Minnesota and in Duluth and everywhere up there. And I, 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 once we get we talked about it at the the start of the podcast. Once we get our recording gear, hopefully we can go up. Whether well, Duluth FC is you know hey. in in uh usl one or two or not uh it'd be great to Boys. go catch them catch a game up there good excuse next, next year we could go see minneapolis play in thunder bay or winnipeg yeah i mean that actually be a nice trip go to another country do we do a podcast from another country that'd be great yeah be fantastic right hey, that'd be awesome what would that be like i have no idea i don't know it's there. it's crazy in canada i mean i, I don't know if there yeah. the technology is available up there to do a podcasting i'm not sure maybe um, not in winnipeg but where i've been in canada there was uh yeah, there's yeah, definitely yeah. internet yeah so uh before we get out of here guys one funny story to talk about and it's not even well actually i have two uh the first one's really quick because it just came up on the wire today 
uh, a story out of uh, Andover, Minnesota. Uh, hmm. Police were called, well, the, the police and fire were called to a, uh, a, a folding chair or a lawn chair floating down the Mississippi River uh, with oh. a person in it. Uh, people from uh, who live around there called and said, hey, there's a guy floating down the river in a, in a folding chair. You need to go take a look at this. Huh. So they brought out their boats and everything. And they did. It was a mannequin. <laughs> so so somebody, uh, somebody, somebody up river, guys, yep. put a mannequin in a folding chair and put it out on the river. Now, you just wonder how far it got. Well, yeah, exactly. Did it come from like uh, way up north? Did it come from yeah. like, uh, you know, wherever? Uh, my question is this. They said they sent out boats and shit, right? We have technology to send out like drones to take a look at this stuff. And so people are pissed off. Like we spent all this like money to send out boats and stuff. It's like, well, why don't you send out like a single drone, take a look at it. And if it was a mannequin, then just go, okay, it's a mannequin. Let's just leave it alone. You know, because what's a mannequin in a full interior going to do? You know, honestly, you know, yeah. why send out the boats really? But I wish I had that. Well, and I mean, if it was some, if it was an actual person, you'd think that, you know, I, I doubt it would be unintentional, but you know, you, know, you just want to go for a little cruise river. Cruise, well, relaxing. you know, you know, Vikings fans are crazy this time of year, Dave. So not everybody know. owns a boat. I'm sorry. You know, maybe, I, maybe, I don't own a boat. maybe, you know, maybe they thought maybe it was a Vikings fan trying to get down to the game. So he started up uh, near Andover and he wanted to get, you know, he didn't want to drive. So he took his uh, lawn chair, put it in the river, and decided to float down there. You know, yeah. yeah and as I long mean, as you get off, you know, at that point, you're fine. You don't go yeah. any through lock stands, nothing. You don't just, yeah. get up before don't, you get through there. Don't go over the falls there, though, and the, the no. locks and dams there. That's, that's a bad idea. Um, so that's a funny story from Minnesota. The big funny story, guys, is the Pokemon. You guys know what Pokemon is? Oh, of course. <clears throat> so. Pokemon's been a big deal for a long time. And uh, Pokemon uh, partnered with Nabisco to make Pokemon Oreo cookies. Okay. So they have <laughs> like on, on the top of the Oreo cookie, they have a little a Pokemon on top of there, like a little picture of the Pokemon. It's not anything you can use. It's not like a card or anything. It's just a picture of the Pokemon. All right. So um, they it's called Oreo X Pokemon Collaboration. Uh, the uh, features one of 16 Pokemons or mini monsters, whatever. Each pack in, includes a random selection of cookies that feature a classic character like Pikachu or Charmander, but also extremely rare Pokemon like the mythical Mew. And uh, so now what we've seen is people have gotten those mythical Mew characters and have decided to sell the Oreo cookies on eBay anywhere from 50,000 uh, 50 bucks to ten thousand to a hundred thousand dollars that's ridiculous for a fucking cookie yep a cookie yep a cookie those those pokemon collectors uh, i mean i i mean back in the day i collected pokemon cards so i, I thought yeah. it was awesome but yeah. like it's it's a cookie it's gonna it's gonna go bad i mean here's the here's another thing so some listings promise a mint condition cookie I don't know how you can have a mint condition cookie. <laughs> how, how how do you regulate what a mint condition cookie? I mean, like, there's no bite marks. Nobody's licked the cream in the middle. I mean, what is it? One claims the cookie was only handled with tongs. 
while others include photos showing the snack tucked safely in a plastic baggie. Uh, there's, wow. I guess there's been one sold now for $15,000. Uh, there are, uh, so people are turning out to try to get these damn Pokemon cookies in the, uh, the Oreo cookies, which is nuts guys. I mean, that's who, super nuts. Wow. Who, who buys a cookie for $15,000? Well, you no, know, that just goes. People have way too much money, you know, coming out of the pandemic that they just That's don't not, have to do with. Yeah, you know, never. Not even about that. Hey, you, some wow. people like investing in Ugh. stocks and and other things like that. You know, some people like investing in baseball cards and and collectible. Yeah. Gonna invest. Po- you, some people like Pokemon. Apparently, Dave, I didn't gonna, know that. Do you gonna invest in a cookie, Dave? I mean, seriously, that portfolio is well, gonna to be have honest, stocks and then a cookie. A cookie? Uh, the key. To a, you know, some a good you know whether you're talking about just long term savings or retirement is is a balanced perfor- portfolio. Tony, you, you need to have a little bit you know in growth, value, large cap, small step, cap, mid, you know even bonds. Yeah, so why not? Why not get into a little bit of cookie too? I'm not put, I'm not saying put your whole nest egg into cookies, but you know a little bit, maybe ten five to ten percent of your overall portfolio and, should be in cookies. Yes, and thank you, David. And this been- wasn't even on. Um, and this wasn't even on my radar until five minutes ago. So yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going nuts now. And thinking that's about this. And that's been the Lunacy Podcast Money Minute with Dave Stevens. Thank there you. There you much. go. Yeah, that's your. <laughs> Please listen to Dave and invest in cookies because that's the best best thing you can do right now. Yeah. It, uh, that just make sure your portfolio remains balanced. You know, there's room <laughs> for everything. <laughs> start going on Fox Nine News in the morning and telling people right. to have a balanced portfolio. What the hell is? That? Ladies and gentlemen, Mew cookies are hot today. You know, hot. Everybody, every, everybody's <laughs> expecting you know a stock market correction here in the next month or two. At least, really, not everybody. Ooh, some people are, but you know, know that's a good way. Cookies could be a good way to hedge against that. You know, well, yeah, but they they go bad. Uh, yeah, don't they? Yeah. Don't they like go stale and then just crumble up all by themselves? Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the they won't last forever investment. unless there's like some way term investment Could you it, it might well it, maybe they have some kind of sealing agent that they would use to seal in the freshness now I here's here's my thing guys like, imagine you get the top of the line pokemon cookie right and you got it sitting there and your kid or your dog comes up and eats it and you lose like fifteen thousand dollars because they ate the oh. cookie yeah That'd be a, I, I could see that happening. I, I'm oh gonna, yeah, I'm, for I'm, sure. Where's the news stories about it? I would. Don't get me wrong. I would totally sell my the 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 cookie for for uh, fifteen thousand dollars. I would never buy one. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That, yeah, that's. But I mean, yeah. but but think about it. It's like somebody eats it or like takes the top <laughs> off of it and makes it non-mint. You know what's a? Oh yeah. What's a mint cookie compared to a near mint cookie? I don't know. Um, you talking about a thin mint cookie or no? These are Oreos, Dave. Oh, oh. yeah, but they're Oreos with mint filling. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, but yeah. they're but they but they're, they're classifying them as mint I just cookies. Want, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I don't know why a mint cookie would be worth so much more. I mean, I prefer like peanut or even chocolate chip. Well, <laughs> I, I just don't get the, the whole obsession with mint. <laughs> you know, I know, so and we're going down so things, many avenues yeah, here. There, Dave, there's so we, many. We better end the podcast. We better end the podcast. That's, God, that's hilarious. I can't believe that. Yeah, it's or it's, it's selling one Oreo for fifteen thousand well, dollars. That's ridiculous. So people, well, we've seen the people no. selling selling the uh, the uh, grilled cheese that looks like Jesus. 
I mean, oh, you that's know, the, right. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, really? You, you know, buy well, that for what? Or even, you know, when somebody buys like, I don't, you know, any kind of sports card when they pay millions for it or thousands for it, people do that. Like, I, you know, me personally, I couldn't imagine spending hundreds or thousands or tens no. of thousands or millions on a card, a collectible card. I just, mm. it's it basically worthless to me, but not to somebody else. So yeah, I guess there's yeah. something for yeah. everybody. Whatever uh, floats your boat. That's what I like to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, been, um, I've been getting videos of like pawn stars uh, coming up on my Facebook feed. And mm-hmm. uh, one guy brought in like a first edition Super Mario Brothers game back mm-hmm. when Mario was Jumpman. Mm-hmm. And wanted to sell it for a million dollars there. Oh, way too much. Way yeah. too much. I, yeah. They were like, but they, but it was surprising because they got an expert to come in and they, he valued it at like $300,000. Yeah. It's, it's those again, uh, video yeah. games too are, can go up there in value depending on what you got, you know? Yeah. And if you kept them in the box, that's another thing too. It's right. the box yeah. thing. And I had a guy I used to work with who was a big Star Wars fan. And, um, he was a kid when Star Wars first came out. His parents bought him the, they buy him the, the figurines and the vehicles. They buy one for him to play with and one for him to store in the box. Oh, and he okay. still got all those. And I don't know if he sold them yet, but they're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars because they're still in the Jeez. box in mint condition. And his parents were like that because they knew they were going to be collector's items at some point. So they did that. Yeah, my parents when they bought me GI Joe's and He Man, uh, bought me just one to play with. That was it. That was there was nothing yep. in the box or anything like that. So yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, anyways, guys, uh, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Myself, Tony, for Dave and Connor. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Lens.